title of it is, We're Not Home Yet, Children. This message was actually conceived as I was driving with my wife through the uh, mountains and, and just that country of America, and God just came to me on this. Let's read Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. If you have your Bibles, fine. If not, just listen. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared, ooh, he hath prepared for them a city. I love flowers. I love flowers because it shows me in some degree the magnificence, the intricacy the architectural ability, the love of color that our God possesses. It took his mind to form the flowers, the, the variegation of flowers, and then go diving on the reefs of, of, of the world and see the color of the corals and see the color of the fish. Only God can put together a day glow orange and day glow red and day glow and black and make it look good. Amen. And God just puts fish color. He put and he makes like silver fish. Fish that are silver. He makes fish that are little skinny fish and they're real big, but they're real skinny. When they turn sideways, they almost disappear. I mean, he's got he's got big fish, small fish, fat fish, skinny fish. The variety alone blows my mind. Flowers are the same way. Orchids. I mean, what in the world you look at an orchid? Now that God, the, the God that formed all that and created all that, is making for us a city. He's preparing a mansion. Uh, he is getting your dwelling place ready as a born-again believer. Now if that don't get you a little bit excited, what's going to get you excited about you may be down a little bit. You may be having some physical troubles. You may be having financial traversals. You may have, and this old world is a veil of tears. 
We're not promised a joy ride in this old world. As the old southern girl said, God didn't promise us a rose garden. You figure out where that came from. And, uh, and, and, and he didn't promise us a, a, a wonderful, merry little journey that nothing would go wrong. Brother, he told us this world would be full of trouble and full of trials, and we'd be persecuted for standing for truth. And I say, at 64, amen and amen. But he also says he's preparing for us a city and a country and a place to dwell in with him. Boy, I'm excited. Look at uh, the, the, the verse in Peter there. And I mentioned before, First Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. I like that. Abstain from fresh, fleshly lusts which war against the soul. I'm in a war. Every day I get up, it's a new, new day of battle. I mean, why? Because I still am in the flesh. The lusts of the flesh are still alive in me. And so every day I get up, there's a war, a contest, a battle ensues. Sometimes you get weary about that battle. The Bible says, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't get weary in well-doing now. For in due time, you'll reap. If what? Don't faint. Don't faint. I know it. I know it. sometimes you say, man, you know, I'm, I'm just worried about it. But don't get weary. Go to God. Ask him to empower you. Ask him to fill you. He'll do it. Years ago at Tabernacle Baptist Church, and I, I may have worn this out with you, but if I did, you just forgive me. Forgive the uh, ramblings of an old man. But I can tell you I love this song. I sing it to myself. I sing it in the shower. I sing it everywhere almost I go. And I'm going to sing it again tonight. This old world is filled with disappointments and trouble every day. Many times I get discouraged and I almost lose my way. Then I remember I'm just a pilgrim in this troubled world below. That's the reason I keep singing as I go. We're not home yet, children, so keep your eyes on the Savior. Just a few more days to labor, and we'll sit down beside that river. How I've longed to be with Jesus and my loved ones gone before us. There's a better day a-coming. We're not home yet. There's a land filled with milk and honey just waiting for me. Someday Jesus will come and take me over that sea. Then I must keep watching and waiting in this troubled world below. There's one thought that keeps me singing as I go. What is that thought? We're not home yet, children. So keep your eyes on the Savior. And that's a good thing to do day by day, man. Just a few more days to labor. And we'll sit down beside that river. How I've longed to be with Jesus. And our loved ones gone before us. There's a better day a-coming. We're not home yet. Buried over 150 people here at the gospel so far. And uh, maybe you're next. I don't know. They're my buddies, my friends. 
my, my people I've walked with and went door to door with and laughed with and ate with and, and fellowshiped with and encouraged me. And by the grace of God, we know where they're at. We're strangers, aren't we? We're pilgrims in this old world. The word stranger, I looked it up. A stranger means unwanted, unwelcome, unliked. These are all definitions. Misfit, oddball, abnormal, bizarre, far out. That's hippie, 60s. When you're smoking that medical marijuana. Far out, man. Irregular, peculiar, unusual, weird, fish out of water, outsider, offbeat, batty, freaky, flaky, flipped out, kooky, nuts, nutty as a fruitcake, screw loose, touched, unhinged, wacky. Those are just some of the synonyms for stranger. We simply don't fit in this world. Jesus comes into your life and transforms you and begins to make you in his image, and his image is not the image of this world. It says we're strangers, we're also pilgrims. Pilgrims, I looked that up. Pilgrim means wanderer, sojourner, traveler, pioneer. I'm going to stop there. I'll give you some break on that. So do you feel it? Do you feel it, Christian? Uh, do you once in a while just look around and say, man, I am not from here. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through, right? This just not. This world just does not feel right. I I feel like a dinosaur. By the way, I have actually been in dinosaur. Is it Utah, brother? Colorado, Utah, dinosaur, Colorado. And guess what we saw in dinosaur, Colorado? Dinosaur Baptist Church. Amen, brother. Brother Humbert, Dinosaur Baptist Church. I said, because I've had them old cocky young people get out of college and say, your church is dinosauric. You guys are a bunch of dinosaurs. I said, glory to God. Someday we're going to join the millions of God's people before us as dinosaurs. Our text talks about the heroes of the faith because a text without a Context is a pretext. And so if you look at the verses before in Hebrews 11 there, who's he talking about? That they all died in faith. Who is that? Well, he's talking about Abel. Abel, he, he felt odd. Enoch, he felt odd. Noah, he felt real odd. Abraham felt odd. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse uh, chapter 11, verse 10, it says, For he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. Sarah fell out. Those are all the people mentioned before our text verse. It's starting at 13 there. By the way, they said they all died in faith. And by the way, you will too. This isn't a place we reap what God has for us. If you want that health and wealth gospel so far from the truth, I can't even believe it. They say, now, I don't doubt that living for God's a better way to live than any other way to do to live. I mean, living for Jesus is simply the best way you could possibly live. But it is not without trouble. It is not without resistance. It's not without problems. 
It's not without struggle. It's not without depression. It's not without some despondency. It's not without some frustration. It's got all that. You'll feel rejection. You'll feel lonely. You'll feel isolated. You'll feel like a stranger in the midst of a group of people as a born-again believer. But that's, that's to be expected. That's to be expected. All of these people it mentions in the old Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11, they felt that way. They were considered odd also. We're on a journey through this place, not to this place. Get that. We're on a journey through here, not to here. Oh, it's a danger for us to want to grab a hold of this stuff and keep it, amen? It's, I mean, I know, ladies, you get your favorite stuff, and you get your little sweet stuff. We men do the same thing. It's different stuff, but we, we have our own sweet stuff we grab a hold of, and we say, oh, we really like this. Oh, but brother, I've won, one thing I've wanted to do in life is to keep my grip loose on this old world. Try to keep it loose. Something you have to work at every day. Try to keep your grip loose of this world. Why? Because I'm going to lose my grip on this world one way or another. Someday, well, the other the other night when I had that at uh, two in the morning, one in the morning, I had that. Uh, my heart started going crazy, and it felt like one of the cylinders quit. You ever had an engine without with one cylinder quit you? That was my heart. Boom, 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 boom. My whole body was shaking, and I tried to take my pulse and my. My meter, which always does a good job, kept going, error, error, error. I said, that can't be good. <laughs> that can't be good. I asked my wife to listen to my heart. That was worthless. I knew something was wrong, man. I laid down 30 minutes, tried to get over it. didn't go away. It kept getting bad, getting worse, started getting lightheaded. And, you know, and I thought, oh, brother, I'm going to pass out. I get to go to heaven tonight. It's that quick. It'll be, oh, would to God it'd be that quick. Amen. Nobody wants to go to a nursing home. Amen. Die, in, die at your own home. Glory to God. Die in, the home, die in your own chair. You say, well, I, I, I don't know. Well, pray about it. God may give your answer prayer. Amen. Some of you didn't. I mean, I mean, but uh, we're on a journey. How many of you have already... You already know people that are already gone. Like I told you, I've known folks. Many of you have known folks have gone. Mom and dad, how many here, mom and dad are already gone? Raise your hand. Bunch of orphans here tonight. Bunch of orphans. I think of my mother, and excuse me if I've told this before, but I got to do it. My mother had dementia, and she went to the uh, nursing home. She had some trouble. I don't remember what it was, but she had to go to the nursing home for, you get a free 100 days on Medicare at a nursing home. So she went to a nursing home for, it's amazing. They really care about you that 101st day. But uh, no mun, no fun. And so, but every 100 days, you know, I'd go visit mom almost every day. And I remember she'd say, now, Billy, I'm your mother. I mean, that was really, that's big. That she's telling me, I'm glad she finally admitted it. It was good for her soul. My brothers kept saying I wasn't part of the family. Billy, I'm your mother. Now you obey me and take me home. I said, Mama, I can't obey you. 
She said, now you're supposed to obey me. I said, well, once I got married and got out of the house, I'm not going to go through the theology of it all, but no. I'm, I'm supposed to honor you, Mom, but I don't necessarily have to obey you. She said, now you're supposed to obey me. You take me home. I'd go in another time. She'd say, Billy. She tried the soft approach. She tried the hard approach. She tried the soft approach. She was as sly as a fox. She'd say, she'd get teared up. I'd say, Billy, please take me home. Please take me home, Billy. Billy, I don't like it here. Please take me home. I want to go home. I'd go another day, and she says, can I go home yet? I'd never go. Well, she didn't say one way or another, I want to go home. Billy, would you take me home? But boy, finally, one day, the doctor came to me and said, she's discharged, she needs to go home. And I got to walk into her room, and I said, Mom, it's here. Today you get to go home. I get to go home? I said, today you get to go home. Get your stuff together. We gathered her few little belongings out of there, put her in a, a, a wheelchair and wheeled her out to my truck, helped her up into my truck, got her into the truck there, shut the door, the drive over to her, she lived in a place in Imperial Harbor, um, a little mobile home in Imperial Harbor Estates, and, 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 you know, we hadn't touched it. When we took her out of that home to put her in the nursing home, we didn't move anything, we didn't touch anything, we just left it the way it was, made sure it was kept clean, but didn't move anything. So she, I remember she was quiet all the way over there. She was quiet. I remember she got dementia. She's not all, she's not all there. We finally pulled in that driveway, and I remember she pulled in the driveway, and she went, started looking around, she said, is, is this my house? Oh, that hurt my feelings. Is this my house? I said, Mom, this is your house. We're home. We're home? I said, we're home. I got around her car, opened, the, opened it up, helped her out, uh, got her. She could walk. She'll walk on her own, but it was slow. You know, old people, they walk about, this is, this is fast. And I'll be there. I ain't mocking her. And, and, uh, and she was walking, you know, and it, I mean, it just took forever to go anywhere. But she, she'd make, she finally made it up those steps, and we opened the door, and I got her into that. And I remember she walks in the living room, and, and she just stood there looking around. And she put her hands up in her little face, and she began to cry. She says, I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. I began to cry. She cried. I've never heard such a sweet mournful, joyful, that she was home. She was home. She finally made it home. I have to believe that sometimes my heart feels like she felt. Lord, can I go home? Lord, is it time yet? Lord, I'm tired of this old world. This old world is full of disappointments and trouble every day. I get discouraged, almost lose my way. Is it time yet? Can I go home? And he keeps saying, no, you can't go home yet. It's not time yet. You don't get to go home yet. But just like my old mama, someday, a, little, a young man in white's going to show up. I just, I know angels are, appear as young men most of the time in the Bible. And uh, if he sends a girl, I hope not. But anyway, no offense, man, but I, I think it's going to be a young boy dressed in white, and he's going to look, you know, muscly old boy come in there, maybe six foot five. I don't know, brother. He's going to come in and say, Bill Lytown, William Lytown, William J. Lytown, what's your birthday? No. Not going to do that. He's say, William, it's time. It's time? I get to go home? 
I get to go home? Yes, you get to go home. And I'll jump in that little chariot. Dodge chariot. And I'll, 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 I'll probably be quiet on most of the journey. You know, stunned that the whole thing's going on. And we'll finally get to where we're going. And he'll say, you're here, and I'll go, is this home? I say, yeah, this is where you're going to be. This is your home. Let me tell you, nobody can make you feel at home like God can make you feel at home. I believe it was Randy Alcorn in his book on heaven. He said, the first time you walk across the threshold of the place that Jesus Christ himself had built for you, knowing who you are, what you are, the first time you walk across there and go into the place is the first time you've ever felt at home anywhere you've ever been. But you're going to feel at home for the first time. I mean, at home in every direction. You're going to be home. But we're not home yet. We're not home yet. We will get to be home. And just as sure as my old mom for 100 days asked me, can I go home? Can I go home? Finally, one day we walked that old girl in that old mobile home and she wept and wept. I'm home. I'm home. And the excitement of it all. And it kind of gave the Holy Spirit just whispered in my ear that day, this is going to happen someday to her when she gets to go to her eternal home. It's going to happen to you someday when you get to go to your eternal home. I'm going to bring you to a place where you feel absolutely comfortable. I don't mean physically comfortable. I mean emotionally comfortable. I mean never spiritually comfortable. Boy, we're not home yet. The ungodly behaving ungodly around us repels us, upsets us, makes us uncomfortable. And if it doesn't, something's wrong with you. Let me tell you, if homosexuality doesn't upset you, something's wrong with you. If transgender stuff doesn't upset you, something's wrong with you. If, 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 if homosexuals kissing doesn't upset you, something's wrong with you. If homosexuals getting married doesn't make you doesn't make you about sick, something's wrong with you, man. But if you're part of the family of God, you're not of this world, and this world's not your home, and their way is not your home. When the Bible talks to the world, it's not talking about love not the world. When it says love not the world, it's not talking about the bees and the trees and the sunsets and the fish and the flowers. He's talking about their philosophy of life is what's weird. It's what's wrong. We listen to the news. God forbid you listen to the news. I'm telling you what. You listen to the news. If you want to get down, listen to the news. So-and-so shot so-and-so. So-and-so kidnapped so-and-so. We had a triple bypass murder, whatever that is. Uh, that's where a doctor went plumb crazy. <laughs> we, we, your neighbor... Your neighbor shot his kids, his wife, his dog, and your dog. I mean, you know, it just gets, I mean, can they make this stuff up any worse? I mean, so-and-so's taking drugs. So-and-so's selling this. The governor did, I mean, corruption from top to bottom, in and out. I can't watch that stuff. Like Abraham, we're pilgrims here. We're wandering, we're wandering through this life, not able to possess anything but it, not able to keep anything. 
realizing that we must turn over everything we ever gathered to him. Take your Bibles, if you would, and I won't be long here, but take your Bibles to Psalm chapter 49, verse 6 15. Let me read quickly for you. What a, what a, what a passage. Psalm 49, verses 6 to 15. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. For redemption of their soul is precious, seeth it forever, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish, and leave their wealth to others. But their inward thought is, that their houses shall continue forever, that their dwelling places to all generations, and they call the lands after their own names, like Collier County. Nevertheless, man, being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. Their, this, their way is their folly, yet their posterity approve of their sayings. Like sheep. They are laid in a grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. That's the resurrection, brother. And their beauty shall consume in the grave for their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Man, we observe the old poor sinner pursuing this world only to lose it all. Doesn't that make you sad? Doesn't that make you feel like a? Doesn't that make you feel odd? And when you you see like a guy like Frank Sinatra who had everything a man could have and yet had nothing. You see like a, a guy like Elvis Presley who had every people worship him and yet had nothing. Or the Beatles or or the, any of the people that are stars or movie stars or even people in business that have things and attain things yet ultimately they give it all up, don't they? The wise man and the fool, they die the same. Psalm 37, 35, 37 says, I've seen the wicked in great power spreading himself out like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away. And lo, he was not. Yea, I sought for him and could not. he could not be found. Mark the perfect man. That's really the righteous man, the person that's been saved. And behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. I went to the... Uh, I like to go to these houses, you know, a Vanderbilt house up there. I like to go to the Barnum Bailey, the guy that built the house up in Sarasota. I like to go to my wife and I have been to that house in 1970, in the 80s, in the 90s. We go once every 10 years. Interesting how the house changes back and forth. Just got about $15 million upgrade. They put the gold leaf back on it and everything. It's just like it was when John, I think it was John Barnum Bailey, well, whoever it was that you can tell I've been there a lot. And and I go in there, and they got the guy's shoes in the bedroom. Oh, I look at those shoes, and I think, man, he used to wear them. This guy used to wear those shoes. I look at his plush, you know, gold leaf, and he had painters come in and paint stuff on the ceiling. There was a unique artwork and all of this other stuff, and I look at this and I think, you got tourists going through your house. George Vanderbilt. I told a story this morning, this afternoon, about one in George Vanderbilt's master bedroom, and in, he built that house in the 19th, right at the turn of the century. And I didn't realize this, but he told the people by by the tour guide, he told the people 
I want you, you, you stand on his, his porch of his bedroom, and you can look, and there's, you look, and there's a mountain range even. And he says, I want to own all the land my eyes look at. By everything I can see, about 100,000 acres of land. And that was treeless. What I didn't realize about the Blue Ridge back there, about that, the, 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 the Smokies, is they had deforested that thing to farm it. And there were just these little, you know, 50-acre, 40-acre, 60-acre farms that they had deforested. It was a mess. According to description, it was a mud hole with no trees and just, it was horrible looking, a bunch of trash. He bought all that land, cleaned all that stuff up, and told these people, start planting trees. Now, what did I say all that for? I'm standing up in the on his porch. First of all, I would never have been invited. I'm standing up on the old boy's porch looking out, and it's fully wooded, just magnificent, far as your eye can see. And the tour guide said, he never got to see what you're seeing. That's where the sermon comes, planting trees other people sit on. He never got to see what you're seeing, and I felt sorry for the guy. I thought he paid for all that stuff, spent all of that money, $100 million or something like crazy like that, and didn't even get to see what I'm looking at right here. That's because in this world, you don't live long enough to see an oak tree get old. I planted a bunch of trees at my house. I'm never going to get to see them in their full beauty. But hopefully somebody like my son, maybe, maybe, maybe Trent someday will live out there, and he'll sit under one of them big oaks about like this, He'll say, oh, Grandpa, what was his name again? He planted that tree. I like the song. While upon the Isle of Patmos, John beheld a glorious sight, a number which no man could number, praising God both day and night. These are they who've won the battle. These are they who've stood the test. Robed in garments pure and spotless. The redeemed, the pure and blessed. Nevermore will they know hunger. Nevermore will they know pain. No tears will ever dim their vision. No sad goodbyes be said again. Why? These are they who've won the battle. These are they who've stood the test. Robed in garments pure and spotless. The redeemed, the pure and blessed. There's a lot of voices calling to you and me in this old world, isn't there? There's inside voices and outside voices. A lot of voices calling to you. But I hope you hear the voice that says, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. I hope you follow Jesus' voice. I saw a video where Jesus said, most of you know the verses in John chapter 10, 27, 30, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, they follow me. I saw a YouTube where these people went to this uh, farm, and there was a bunch of sheep and goats and various animals out there, and they went over there, and, and they tried to call them. They went, ah, you know, they did all kinds of calls for these animals to try to get them. They, they didn't even raise their head. They just kept eating. And they've got two, three, four of them got in there and tried to call these, these sheep, if I remember it right, it was sheep. And they couldn't get them to move, couldn't even get them to recognize them. 
Then the farmer came over. And he goes, and I'm just, I don't know what he said, but let me just give you what I do. Sue! Piggy! That's what I'd call my pig. Piggy! My chickens, I go, chicken! I got 14 chickens. Chicken! Piggy! Kathy! boy got up by the fence and he called whatever his call was. And it was something strange. Way out there, way out there. The first one heard it. Lifted her head up. They all got restless and started running that way. He goes inside the gate and they all got behind him and ran after him, ran after him. My sheep, hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them from my father's my hand. My father who gave them is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them from my father's hand. I and the father one. Let me tell you, dear believer, don't you let this old pressure of this life and being strange and being odd and being uh, being under the under the pilgrim and strange because it will come to an end. And by the grace of God, you can stand anything if you know it's going to end. And if you know there's going to be a relief. And God says there will be. And God says there's a time I'm going to bring you home. And I'm going I'm to give you the place that I've prepared for you. And when you walk in that place, you're going to be so happy you live for me. So happy you serve me. So happy. Sacrifice? Are you kidding? What can we sacrifice? He's given us everything. It's a beautiful thing to be a Christian. Be encouraged, Christian. But live for God. Live for God. May your lives be pure. I like where the Bible says, purify yourself, even as he is pure. You know, it doesn't say, let him purify you. It says, purify yourself. Now, what's that simply mean? Let's walk worthy of the calling that he's placed in you. Now, God will empower you to be a Christian. You can't please God in the flesh. Nobody that walks in the flesh pleases God, but if you're willing to serve God and willing to obey God, he then will empower you to walk worthy of the call that has been a place. It's a, I, I am grieved in my soul when I hear of Christians being immoral or Christians cheating on their spouses or Christians watching pornography. What a blasphemy it is to... The God who loved you and saved you and gave himself for you. Don't let that stuff spoil the good things God has for you. Don't let it do that. Father, help us tonight as we look this over one more time. As we're pilgrims and strangers in this old world. Father, help us to lift up our eyes for redemption draweth nigh. Help us to have a sense of the uh, immediacy the sense of the very presence of God every morning, renewed day by day. We pray that you'd anoint the brother Lowry, the missionaries to Croatia, that you would empower him, help him to learn the language faster than what would be possible. 
help his wife, help his child, help his family. Thank God he's willing to lay everything he's got down at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will not be sorry he did. Father, help us to be part of that as you see fit. Father, if there's one here tonight without Christ and you have not trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you don't know what that means, it seems strange to you, we'd love to talk to you and explain what it means to be saved, what it means to have your sins forgiven, what it means to have a clear conscience, what it means to pillow your head and be able to have a good night's sleep. Father, help us as we walk through this old world to be the light and salt you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.